It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, if you had $503 million just available to you right now, what was the first thing that you would buy? I wonder if Rhode Island is for sale. Because uh, I just take, uh, just buy the whole state and just uh, make go. it. Make How it about a better audio recorder? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Marcus and I just did about uh, two-thirds of a podcast, and uh, my, my recording quit, and we had, to, we had to start over. So here we are, guys. It'll be Listen, the good news is we, we practiced for this episode, so we got it down, and uh, we're, we're going we're to really let you guys have a good episode today. Yeah, so coming up on today's show, we are going to answer your Twitter questions. Um, and the first six or seven questions that we got all relate to the Dallas Cowboys uh, and their current contract negotiations with uh, Doug Prescott. And then with the news of Patrick Mahomes signing a record-setting 10-year deal yesterday, how that impacts and affects uh, the Cowboys and Prescott moving forward. So in case you didn't hear, uh, Mahomes did sign a 10-year extension with the Chiefs that will now lock him up through, I think it was, what, 2032, 2033 or something crazy like that. Um, The deal is reportedly worth up to $503 million. Uh, There's some incentives in there. You know, he can make a couple million dollars extra per season if the Chiefs make it to the championship game and the Super Bowl and all that kind of stuff. Um, But later, let's go ahead and start with this. When you first heard that Mahomes signed this deal, uh, what was your initial reaction? Confusion. I mean, I I think that, you know, like I said, I had to read the, the, the Twitter handle three or four times to make sure that Adam Schefter's name was spelled correctly. And that's that I wasn't being, you know, trolled by somebody, but then once, you know, once it, it came back and it seems like it was legit, uh, I, you know, there was, there was like levels to it. There was the initial shock of, okay, well, what does this mean? Uh, and then there was the waiting for the actual specific numbers and structure, which actually told the story. Right. Um, I, you know, yep. look, I, I think for me, it's, it's a it was a steal for the Chiefs. Um, you know, I think that there was a there was a lot of talk up front about oh my gosh, look at all these numbers and ten years and half a billion and na 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 na, and and all those things are true. And, and, and Patrick Mahomes is a very rich guy. I'm certainly not t- trying to you know downplay that, but I think if you looked at the actual structure when it came out and everything was done, like it it, it was one of those situations where it it felt like. It felt like he, you know, the numbers looked great initially, but with, when you consider the new money and the fact that it was a ten-year extension on top of the twelve, the two years that he already has, so that that making it twelve years that they're spreading this money out, it ended up that the APY is under forty uh, a year, 
Right. And I just think that, you know, and this is one of the things that I discussed with you the first time we did this podcast, uh, was, <laughs> was you know, it, it feels like this awarded points to both sides in the Cowboys and uh, uh, yeah. track contract talks, right? Like, it felt like... The, it wasn't just, you know, normally with these contracts, with, with the new quarterback contract, that only helps Dak, right? Because it's just, it's reset right. the market. Uh, it's, you know, it's new numbers that are to, to, we have to deal with. But but the, the truth of the matter is, like I like we said, Patrick Mahomes exists on his own tier at this point. As far as a player and, 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 and you know, leverage for contract, you know, he is, he stands alone at this point. Uh, and then the other thing, too, is that this doesn't really... You know, hurt the Cowboys that much. In fact, if anything, the Cowboys can now point to okay, well, Patrick Mahomes is the reigning MVP, reigning Super Bowl MVP, reigning Super Bowl winner, and his new money average per year is only forty million dollars. So the right. question, the question, the question now becomes, you know, does this? And I think this is the crux of the issue, and it has been. So that's what I'm going to speak to. The question now becomes. Does the fact that Patrick Mahomes was willing to sign a ten-year extension, at, at and or you know for about forty or so, average forty million a year average per year when you add it all together with new money, does that thaw the uh, the two sides of Dak and, and the Cowboys on what it will take to get that fifth year added to this contract, right? Because that's the crux for the Cowboys. They want Dak for that fifth year. Dak, if he if he wants. If he wants to be on that fifth year, uh, wants you know X amount of money, which it seems like is actually more than what uh, than what Patrick is averaging per year. So, can this contract be a thawing point over the the the, the roadblock that has stopped the Cowboys from getting the Cowboys and Dak from getting this deal done? Right. I, I just think when you talk again, when we talk about the. The difference in the players. Mahomes is on a different level as a quarterback right now, even though he is a, a little bit younger. You know, he's got the Super Bowl win. He's got the Super Bowl MVP. He's got the NFL MVP. Um, and you're still talking about that he didn't even eclipse $40 million over the next five years. So he's not going to be making more than $40 million per season until 2027. Prescott, we, we've heard basically over the last, I don't know, month, two months, the, the Cowboys are basically set on the number, which is around $35 million a year. When you kind of compare that to Mahomes, yeah, there probably is a $3, 4 $5 million gap between Mahomes and, and Prescott, and I even think Prescott's agents have to know that. So I think, again, I, I think, I just don't think this impacts Dak at all. I, I, I really don't. I, I just don't think this is one of the things that, you know, this contract was really big, and it sounded like it reset the quarterback market, but I don't feel like it did. I, I, I mean, am I, 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 am I, I wrong? Put it this way. I would put it this way. If you were to ask me before the contract got announced, if the Patrick Mahomes contract that is forthcoming that we don't know anything about at that time, was you know, it's coming, is that a good thing or a bad thing for the Cowboys and their deal with Dak, I would have said it's a bad thing for if for the Cowboys. It's good for sure. it's good for sure. Dak, right? After seeing the 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 actual particulars, I, I don't. Th I think it's probably neutral. It's a push. It's you know. I think each side probably got some points to add to their argument, but I, I, I it really is. It's such a team friendly deal that it really kind of 
flattened the uh, the explosion. I think Dak was hoping for the the. Bl- I think Dak was hoping for a deal that would blow up their negotiations and, and really right. give him right. even more leverage. I don't think that's what happened at all when you look at the numbers with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I do want to talk about another angle from this deal because I know uh, a lot of people are kind of trashing the Cowboys because you know they didn't get a do- deal done with Prescott earlier. Uh, I want to talk about that in a second, uh, but let's take a quick break and we will be right back. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, Landon, I saw yesterday tweets from NFL media, Cowboys fans, Cowboys media, uh, that the Cowboys made a mistake by not paying Prescott sooner. Uh, they should have got a deal done before Mahomes even talked to the Chiefs about an extension, uh, and now this has messed them up and cost them millions and millions of dollars. I, I guess I just don't think that's fair because uh, you can't force somebody to, to – accept a deal and that's basically what's been happening here the Cowboys since 2018 uh you know since the end of the 2018 season have been wanting to sign Dak Prescott to a contract extension they've paid him or they've they've offered him deals that would make him one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league um I I know that the deal that they had on the table at the start of the 2019 season was more than what Jared Goff and Carson Wentz got you know during the 2019 season uh, but Prescott has just wanted to bet on himself. And again, you can't force somebody to sign a deal. So this is why I'm confused why the Cowboys are getting so much uh, grief here. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Should the Cowboys be taking this much heat about not signing Prescott? Yeah, I mean, I just feel like everyone's got to pick winners and losers in this situation. And I, I just feel like, you know, it's a it's an ongoing contract situation. It, it doesn't even matter. Like who cares? Like it, I guess yeah. I guess my point is is that I mean I guess you can be upset if you want to be, but the but the deal isn't done yet, and we don't even know. Like let's let's hash this out when the deal gets done, or or when I think or fair. when there's yeah. or when there's no deal done, right? Like if Dak ends up you know playing on two franchise tags and going someplace else, then let's let's take a look at how the Cowboys played that or and or got played. But it, well, if they even up, even even if he does play on two franchise tags, is that the worst thing in the world no, for both sides? I mean, no. we saw a, basically what ended up being a prove it year. I'm, I'm making quotations right here. A prove yeah. it year for Prescott turned out to be the best year of his career. If he's forced for the next two years to play basically in the same type of deal, I don't think that's a bad outcome from either side. I really don't. And frankly, there's a possibility that the Cowboys could do that, do this, and still save money. You know, because sure. they, because they because the, the the salary cap now, uh, you know, gets instituted before he uh, the new contract came in, so his mm-hmm. no, his number is already locked in. And and frankly, like, you know, this could end up being a much better economic situation for the for the Cowboys simply due to 
the potential changes in salary cap next year with with the effects of COVID and the in the you know, attendance rates and, and all that stuff. There's a high likelihood that this uh, this number could go down. So, uh, uh, the, the, I'm sorry, the, the number being the the actual salary cap going down. So if that's right, the case, right. that this flexibility to be able to re-sign this deal, uh, you know, like or to sign this deal, at, you know, with with even more flexibility in the COVID depressed salary cap year, that might be a, a better situation for them. And 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 really, again, like uh, I guess like my whole argument. Uh, about not caring about the Cowboys, like not caring about what you're paying a quarterback because it's worth it. That goes two ways, really. You know, it's like I I could see a situation where with the Cowboys end up signing a deal uh, after the 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 salary after the uh, franchise tag and and then still managing to kind of save money on what they would have signed, what they would have done if they had signed an initial deal with Dak. So, uh, you know, I mean, initial deal being. Currently, not not you know two years ago when they right right right. I I just think that yeah like it takes two to tango here. I'm not mad at Dak uh, for 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 betting on himself. So I'm not mad at the Cowboys for you know not just giving away all the money in the world. I mean look what happened with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the player that you give all the money away in the world to, and they still managed to find a cheap deal for him. Like that's, I mean, considering sure. all things considered, that money, that that structure, that's a cheap, cheap deal for considering what Patrick Mahomes is. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess I don't blame the Cowboys because it's such a big con. It's the biggest contract without a doubt. Uh, I just, I, I think that the Cowboys fans are, you know, are, are sick of the the contentious nature of the us versus our quarterback and and aren't willing to look at it like. These are two sides trying to get the best thing for for either one of them. All right. So I, I was thinking about this yesterday because most of the top quarterbacks in the league are now signed to long-term deals outside of Prescott. Um, the ones that are coming up for extensions would be Deshaun Watson. And again, he has two years left on his deal. And then Lamar Jackson. But Jackson was drafted, what, 2018? So he's entering his... Yeah, so he still has two years left plus the fifth-year option, it, it seems realistic that Mahomes is going to stay the... He's going to be the, the highest quarterback paid, again, per year for the next five years at that $39.5 million. Is there... I, I guess I'm just trying to think. Is it is it a bad thing, again, if you have Prescott play on two franchise tags? Because you're going to have... You're going to get quite the value there, even if, again, even on the franchise tag, just because it's going to be so much cheaper than what Mahomes is. I, I, what I'm trying to say is, I guess I don't see the quarterback market being reset anytime soon. Or am I wrong there? Well, I mean, I think that the point that you're trying to get is what I was saying too is that, you know, the franchise tag gets it, it, it's a, an average of the top what five salaries of the position, right? And, yeah. And if every single time a quarterback is signing a new contract they're resetting the market then paying top five is is pennies on the dollar versus number one on on the on the market right, right? so but yeah, do we, but do we see the market being reset anytime soon that's kind of my thing now I, I almost wonder if this is going to be this Mahomes number at 39 and a half well, million and is going to be basically what we see for the next five yeah, years. Yeah, I mean, because it is going to set a ceiling to a certain degree because is Watson going to ask for more money than Mahomes? Is, I, is Jackson? Jackson may be the only person who I feel like could probably earn 
the you know just because by proxy of when he's signing his when whenever he decides to sign that deal plus you know his level of play uh, maybe Jackson does but the but the point is is that if, well we're still if, two years away from yeah, we're still two from where Lamar can even start negotiations so, so yeah so that's again like if that's the case then playing on the on the franchise tag is you know still probably. Uh, a, a cheap alternative, and there's a yeah. reason why the, the NFLPA doesn't like it, right? So I, I will say that, yeah, it, I, I think the idea of Dak playing on the franchise tag is something that Cowboys fans seem like more concerned about than they should be, right? Like you were going to well, pay I, I, Dak top five quarterback money either way. So like, I, and it, it, like I said, there's an opportunity here where you could end up, you know saving money because of because of this at least maybe early on and and it, now what is it it does take away your flexibility it does take away your ability to kind of 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 you know change move money around it and 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 help your your current your short-term situation but they're fine this year they're but they're fine. fine they don't need so to do anything it's really not that big of a deal the other thing i mean i know cowboy fans have probably mixed feelings towards the franchise tag because over the years it's worked sometimes and it hasn't the other times you know they saw or they had anthony spencer on the franchise tag twice right and then he he's his career basically fizzled out uh demarcus lawrence played on the franchise tag uh and played really really well um and then i mean it depends on who you ask i don't think he had a down year last year after signing the long-term deal but uh, i see how some people can make that argument um I just feel like quarterback is a whole different game, right? Quarterbacks know they have to perform at elite level to keep getting paid this top dollar. Prescott is somebody who I don't worry about at all in terms of, you know, slacking or all any of that kind of stuff because when you're the, the star quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, you get a ton of media attention. So you can't just go in there and kind of half-heartedly play to just try to get through a season uh, to get paid. That's just not going to happen. So... Having Prescott on a franchise tag, another prove-it year, isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world if they ultimately can't get a deal done uh, here by this July 15th deadline. I- I'm I'm becoming way more okay with that as a as an option. If you know, if let's say Prescott's asking for 40 million a year, the Cowboys just say no, we're okay at 39 and 35 next year. It's not the worst thing to 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 worry about. Um, all right, Lena, let's get to some other questions today. I mean, I know a lot of people wanted to talk uh, about uh, the Mahomes deck thing, but uh, this question comes from John. Um, it does seem like the NFL is potentially going away to zero preseason games. They've already cut two. Uh, so we're, we're down, actually, from the Cowboys case, we're down from five preseason games to two. Um, assuming it's just two preseason games. Uh, what is the impact on reducing the preseason games down to two for the Cowboys? Do you think they'll be ready for the season? Do you think this hurts them? Do you think it helps them? What do you think? Well, I mean, it doesn't help. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's any way around that. The good news is that, you know, every obviously everyone's under the same rules. So, you know, it's not like we're our team's being specifically punished. But the problem is, is that we are kind of being specifically punished by the fact that we have a new coaching staff, a new defensive coaching staff, uh, a new offensive coaching staff so there is going to be quite a bit of learning curve learning on the fly in the season um and you know as far as what's going to happen in those two preseason games i mean i think that's the you know, twenty thousand dollar question right like mm-hmm. I, I think that you know every team is going to try to figure out what's best and figure out the best way to 
get their team ready for the season. I would imagine that they end up using those two preseason games as, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of dress rehearsal games. And I just don't, I, I imagine that they don't waste very much time trying to uh, try out players. I, and I think that the people that are going to likely suffer the most from this are teams trying to, uh, you know, figure out a way to, uh, see what they've got in their undrafted free agent class because they're just going to have less time to evaluate them, less game snaps to evaluate them. Um, and then, you know, there's also been talk about potentially even lowering the number of players that could potentially go to training camps to, I think, 80, if, if I read that correctly. So if yeah. that's the case, all of this is going to add up to a very untapped, very unknown class of undrafted free agents on the market uh, which I think could have some very interesting effects, right? Like that. What that could end up meaning is that somebody might pick up an undrafted free agent off the street at some point, week three, who they found a, a real diamond to the rough that normally sure. wouldn't be found on the street because sure. uh, some team discovered how good, good that player was throughout the course of training camp and or of uh, uh, you know, preseason. So, uh, yeah, I, it's again, it's like the Mahomes thing where. It's not straightforward how it changes the angles. I think it changes the angles on a lot of different things and across a lot of different ways. Uh, I would have to think that generally losing two preseason games when you have a new coaching staff is probably a a net negative. Um, I'm actually going to disagree with you here a little bit. I talked to a, a coach in the NFL who was saying that this is actually the best thing possible. This is a, a coach on a, a new coaching staff where basically, you know, look at the Cowboys case. They were planning on having five preseason games. You're losing a lot of time, and like especially with Dallas, having to travel to Canton, coming back, uh, you know, preparing for the games and all that kind of stuff. And now you just get more practice time and you get more time to install your offense and work on your defense. Uh, this coach believes that this is actually the best thing possible because it gives them more padded practices uh, before the year. And again, if you look at the trends of the way preseason has been going over the last couple of years, we really don't see very much of the starters F at all. I mean, I think last year was the first year that I really noticed where, you know, I think growing up, I remember a lot of times a third preseason game, you would have starters play sometimes into the fourth quarter. Uh, we were seeing last year around the league, most starters were playing a quarter at the very most in that game. Uh, so basically it's just a few days because, you know, the game is on Saturday, you're traveling on Friday, game Saturday, getting ready for the game, getting back on Sunday morning and then Sunday shot, you're basically losing three days of practice. So now not having as many games gives you more time to work on things. Uh, your veterans will actually probably get more snaps in practice to, to be ready for the upcoming season. Um, so I, I, I can see the, the, the benefits from not having as many preseason games as well. Um, really quickly, back to your thing about the potential you know, players being on the open market. Um, I could see it the, the opposite way. You mentioned undrafted free agents, but I could see some really good veterans uh, being released because if you don't have a lot of preseason action, teams are probably more likely to hold on to, to draft picks rather than releasing them after four games. So I could see a bunch of teams holding on to sixth and seventh round picks uh, just because they haven't seen a lot of them. Uh, and then releasing some pretty good players where, you know, in the past, you know, think of the, the Cowboys last year. They released almost all of their day three picks outside of Tony Pollard. Michael Jackson was released, a, a, an early fifth-round pick. Uh, I could see stuff like that 
uh, happening for the Cowboys as well. So um, before we before we move on, Landon, any thoughts on it actually being potentially beneficial to teams not having preseason games? I think those are all good thoughts. I mean, you know, I I could definitely see that potentially, you know, playing out the way you described as well. I mean, I I think that I think if anything, it's 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 probably not adding of strong pro or con it's just adding chaos you know so uh, yeah, I, it's gonna fair. change it's gonna change the angles to everything so some people will take advantage of the chaos and find uh what's what's the what's the line marcus chaos is the ladder uh so for for, for some some teams like uh that have their little finger uh, uh head coach they'll find a way to to climb their way up to the to the top and and uh go to winterfell i can't remember anything from game of thrones anymore um but yeah i think that some teams will find a way to take advantage some teams will will find a way to uh to you know remain calm in the chaos and 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 take advantage of other teams that are making mistakes you know so i think i think as far as the free agents go i think some teams will cut young players because they have confidence in the veterans and they trust in the veterans to to see through this very difficult situation and still perform i think other other teams will will try to take advantage of the of the youth and try to you know like especially rebuilding teams maybe they'll cut their their older players and then just eat up a whole bunch of players that they liked in the draft that are available in the udfa market because you know jason garrett type coaches are making these sort of uh uh, you know, purchases that these, these these kind of signings that are based on whether or not the uh, you know they have veterans that are that are trying to you know remain on the team. Some you know, I, I just it really depends on what teams trust in, right? And I think that's why it's going to be different from team to team because some teams will trust in veterans to get them through the season and will cut all their young players. Some some teams will you know, not take chances on young players with, without any training camp, without any preseason, and they'll get rid of all their young players. So it's just going to add a lot of uncertainty. So whoever can, I, I think the people, the teams that are going to take advantage and, and the ones that are going to find a way to succeed are going to be the ones who properly navigate the, the chaos and are able to take advantage of the teams that, you know, are just acting sporadically and without a plan. All right, let's take one more quick break and we will come back and answer some more Twitter questions. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, Landon, this final question comes from Gunther. He wants to know, how does the edge or defensive end depth differ in a 4-3 versus a 3-4? If you if you if the Cowboys are truly going to use more 3-4 looks this year, do they need to go longer on certain positions? Do they have to shorten up their rotation at some spots? How does that work out? Uh, you know, I think this is not a straightforward question i, I mean just I, I like everything it's else today a, it's yeah <laughs> it's asked in a very straightforward way but I, I i think that the answer is not straightforward because i don't think that you know mostly because they're not going to a straightforward three four or right, a four three right. you know I, it, it is a true mixture so uh i think that the the question is you know 
which which look does our team have the best talent for you know like which does or at least does it have the most talent for right um i i you know and i think that the, the part of the issue is that we still don't know the totality of who's going to be on the team you know right, like right. you know we still don't know what randy gregory's situation is or if that is even a situation anymore um but i i, I think that it's hard not to think right now that you have still a little bit better situation for a 4-3 than a 3-4. You know, I just think that you have, I mean, just based on the fact that you have all these players that have experience doing, you know, 4-3 type things. And again, it's not a huge difference. And a no, lot of times no. it may just be as simple as, uh, uh, you know, playing on your feet versus playing with your hand down on the ground. But I think that that's enough of a difference for guys like, you know, uh, Tyrone Crawford and Dorrance Armstrong and Joe Jackson. And, and, you know, these guys that are coming back that, that, uh, you know, you, I think, you know, you're going to play Crawford a little bit inside and outside, but Dorrance Armstrong, you know, he's been a four, three defensive end this whole time. Joe Jackson may end up needing to kick inside to kind of, a, a, a you know, tackle defensive end hybrid spot. I just think that the fact that you don't have a ton of experience in that look, uh, is you know that is it makes it a little bit more uh uh cleaner to, to, to project yeah, yeah. what it's going to be like when they're in the four three than in a three four so i would say the four three but i'm I, i'm not going to say that they don't have the horses to play the three four it's just that those horses haven't been trained on how to rush the passer from the two-point stance right i i it's a good point um i i wouldn't worry about it too much they're gonna have some position flex and like we said there's guys that can play multiple positions um tyro crawford comes to mind joe jackson comes to mind you know for sure uh they're they're gonna be okay there don't you worry about that that is it for today's show thank you guys for tuning in make sure you download the podcast on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts you can follow the show at locked on cowboys uh, Landon is at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.